And specifically today, we're talking about older women. So Titus chapter 2, starting in verse 3, we get this. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. The world desperately needs, and the church desperately needs, godly older women. To talk about anything when it comes to being a woman, we have to address feminism. The lies of feminism just have to be addressed. Feminists are everywhere. Godly women are few. You can find the sour rot of feminism almost everywhere. But we need godly older women, and they are few. But we need a lot more of them. And unfortunately, generation after generation of women have been discipled more by the world than by older Christian women. And the scriptures have made it explicit, older women are to teach or train the younger women in the ways of godliness. We need older women who will step up and be the Christian women that God has called them to be. Fortunately, as I've stated, we have some. But every single woman, every single older woman in this room has room to grow, has room to grow up into all that God has them for. As for them, how many times have you heard things like this from younger women? I just can't work at home. Or, I just was not built to be a helpmate or a homemaker. Or, I couldn't stand being around my kids all day long. Or, I could never educate my children. Or, work really fulfills me. Home sucks the life out of me. And we need godly older women to look at women like that and say, that's foolish nonsense. We need older women who will do that. We need older women who will say things like, you need to go home, you need to do what God has called you to do. We need godly older women to look and say, it doesn't matter what you think fulfills you, obey God. We need women who know their callings more than they obsess about their giftings. Women get duped into this lie that if they can't use all of their giftings in ever, every way that they want to use their giftings, that somehow they're being oppressed. And in fact, all of God's people who are gifted to do certain things have to be regulated in those giftings to use them in the way God would have them be used. Your giftings have to be submitted to the Lord. But more important than giftings are things like callings. And you have some very specific callings. We need women who know their callings. We need women who know the glory of the home. They know how to live in their femininity. And they need to repudiate feminism. Women who respect their husbands, love their children, and follow King Jesus no matter what. We're told some very clear things. First, it's to older women. Older women, just like yesterday, or last, last week we talked to older men, now we're talking to older women, and then we'll transition to talking to younger women, and then to younger men. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior. In behavior. Women need to hear this. You obey God as a woman. Men obey God as men. And the scriptures sometimes give clear commandments that are both for men and for women. Okay, so like commandments to follow Jesus... That's for everybody. Every single man, woman, or child are given some commandments that are the exact same. And then, when God narrows His commandments and gives them specifically to women or specifically to men, you will get gender-specific commandments. In other words, following Christ is not androgynous. You can't just have this asexual following of Jesus that's void of your sexuality, that's void of your gender. 
you follow the Lord Jesus as a woman. And older women specifically are given these commandments and older women's ears should perk up. Now, as we hear these commandments, just like last week, you're going to have primary commandments. These are for older women. But every single woman, depending upon the age you are in your life and depending upon the room you're in, we were talking a little bit about this this morning, if you're the oldest woman in the room, you're the older woman. You're the older woman in the room. If you're the oldest man in the room, you're the older man in the room. And so there is some subjectivity here. Of we're not putting a number. Now you're an older woman. Life expectancy has been different over the years from the times that the scriptures were written till today. But just like there were older women then, there are older women today. And we already saw last week that there is glory in getting older. So many women are trying to suppress that, trying to continue to look younger and younger and younger and not knowing that there's glory in gray hair. There's glory in wrinkles. There's glory in your body changing over the years. You're living in the way that God would have you live. And God has determined that as we live older and older, these bodies show their age. And when we reject that and try to stay young, it's coming from a worldview different than the Scriptures. Certainly we should take care of our bodies. Certainly we should do all we can to be as fit as possible. But the goal in life is not to stay a 20-year-old forever. Growing in godliness the older you get is certainly a glorious thing. So Christ-likeness is not enough in the sense that if it's some sort of uh, genderless genderless obedience and you're not obeying the specific commands to women, then you're falling out of line of where God would have you. Because your Christ-likeness is going to look different than a man's. Women are not allowed to live like men. Newsflash. Women are not allowed to live like men, and men are not allowed to live like women. And so as we talk to older women, the older woman's ears must perk up. You shouldn't feel weird if you're being, you're, you're in the stages of life that would be qualified as older. And every younger woman's ears should perk up because this is where you're going. Every young woman, according to God's will, as they get older, will one day be an older woman. In fact, you're older than when you walked in this building, when you walk out of the building. So growing old is a glorious day, a glorious thing. God is speaking, and whenever he speaks, the older lady should say, oh, great, whatever he says for me, that's the best. With the Lord's help, I will do it. That sounds good. That's what I'm going to do, which is what we should do with all the commandments of God. Okay, whatever God says to do, okay, I'll do it. That's what we do. We obey King Jesus. We see these as marching orders. So older ladies, see these as marching orders from the God of the universe to you. But there is certainly a tragedy in the world today, and that's the tragedy of the ungodly older woman. Now, we made jokes about the chicken lady. Um, we made jokes about that, but it really is a tragedy because churches all over the country are suffering, really suffering, and they're plagued when women refuse to be godly the older they get. If you're around church long enough, you, you recognize what we're talking about. A group of five ungodly older women can wreak havoc and destroy a church. It's just the truth. Uh, it's an indictment on pastors all over the country, by the way, that they avoid these five women like crazy. Don't talk to them. Stay away. Just try to keep the peace. And inevitably, if you see your role in pastoral ministry or in life in general of being a peacekeeper, that you, you keep peace through avoidance, you actually miss the whole point of bringing peace. To be a peacekeeper, you have to walk in and embrace conflict for the sake of peace. But these women, ungodly older women, the tragic tale, is a group of women that gossip, they control, and they manipulate, and it's a way of life. And because these women are typically avoided, the bad behavior is enabled, and the damage continues on. And we all know women like this. 
Don't we? I mean, I've been in churches and that's the women that are there. Gossip, lies, manipulation, juvenile behavior, not becoming of a Christian in any way or any just rational adult. Terrible, terrible behavior. Now, fortunately, as I've already said, we're blessed here. But it is a warning, as it's a warning to older men last week, this is a warning to the older ladies this week. It's entirely possible to be disobedient more and more the older you get rather than more and more obedient. And you can do a lot of damage. And if you don't take serious uh, holiness seriously as you get older, you can become an intolerable woman that everybody just avoids. Like, just try to keep her happy. And that's not what you want. Does any lady just want to grow older and more crotchety and just a battle axe the older you get? I don't think anybody wants that. I hope you don't want that. But sadly, it happens, and we all know women like that. So we're going to look at four characteristics of a godly older woman. Number one is reverence in behavior. Reverence in behavior. Four characteristics of a godly older woman. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior. Reverence. Older women are to live in a way that is reverent. What does that mean? Well, it has to do with worship, worshipful living, obedient living, giving honor where honor is due, living in a respectable manner. Older women are to live reverent. They're to know how to give honor to whom honor is due, first to God, then to her husband. She's to live in that manner. Her reputation is to be one of a woman who knows God, walks with God, knows how to pray, knows how to obey God in real life. She knows how to, how to live in her God-given femininity. How popular is it in the world today to live as an irreverent woman? At a woman's march a few years ago, I don't know if you remember this, but women's marches are radically anti-women. Okay, That's what you have to understand. Is there's, an up, down, side, there's an upside down way of the world that to be pro-women is actually really horrible for women, and yet somehow it's called the, the being pro-women. Abortion's a perfect example of this. Yes, we're pro-women, and yet we kill like hundreds of thousands of women every single year. Like That's the irony of it. Yeah, women, 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 hear us roar, and then let's just kill a bunch of women. It's awful. Ashley Judd at a women's march a few years back, you, you remember this? Uh, where she's given a speech, and she's like, I'm a nasty... I'm a nasty woman. And everybody listening in like, yeah, you really are. <laughs> so is all the other ladies that are like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's real gross. You really are. And that's, that's terrible. But how many women look at God's commands to women when we get next week to working from home? How many women roll their eyes when they hear God speak to them? Uh... Or when they hear, wives submit to your husbands. And Ashley Judd's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm a nasty woman. Like, lady, you need to live reverently because this is real disgusting. And many Christian women, unfortunately, they've been duped by feminist lies. They've been duped by all that the world has to offer. And here's the crazy thing. The world teaches women to live like the worst of men. Sleep around, have no manners. That's what it means to be a woman. Be free. But that's the worst kind of man you could possibly find. And ladies are like, this is the bullseye of what it means to live as a free woman in a free world. I'm going to live 
like the dirtbag guy that I hate. Older women, on the other hand, are to live with reverence and honor. She's a woman, and where she goes, people recognize that is a godly woman. That's the opposite of Ashley Judd. This is a woman in whom other women want to be. Number two, the second characteristic of a godly older woman is that they're not slanderers. They don't slander. You see it right there in verse 3. They're to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers. Not slanderers. So men struggle with things called masculine sins. Now when we talk about masculine sins and feminine sins, we're talking about sin propensities that are by and large in one gender and not in the other gender. Not that they're exclusively not, but they're struggles that are common to men, and then there's going to be struggles that are more common to women. It doesn't mean that there isn't any man that struggles with the feminine sins or any woman that doesn't struggle with masculine sins. A masculine sin, for instance, would be, would be something like aggression or anger. Sinful aggression comes to mind. It's almost exclusively men who, who commit violent crimes in our country. Prisons are full of men. Certainly there are women prisons and dudes that want to be in women prisons who act like they're a woman to get there. But, but there are masculine sins. Violent crimes are committed by men. Now, slander or gossip, these are categorized in the scriptures as feminine sins where it's more directly related to women. So women will be more warned against slander and gossip than men even though it can be a sin propensity of the man. Sl slander has to be avoided. Now, historically, we've understood this. Really, in every area of life, we've understood this historically until, until we've kind of got the person who wants to scream out every single exception to every single statement that's made about every single thing. Women struggle with slander. Not all women. You know, men struggle with aggression. Not all men. All right, gotcha. But there are some generalizations that can be helpful and warnings in the scriptures. And the scriptures are not afraid of giving generalizations. Like in Titus, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. How many guys and, and ladies in, in Crete were like, not all. Not every one of them, God. And God's like, every one of them. That you, can, you can do generalizations in a godly way. Ladies, you have to watch out for this thing called slander. The older you get, this is going to be a temptation that's constantly in front of you. And now, historically, we've, we've understood this because a stereotypical woman, you look at all these old TV shows, and you'll hear about women who gossip. Watch Andy Griffith's show and hear how they talk about women. And everybody thinks, oh, look how terrible women were treated back then. But if you'll notice, when a woman walks in the room, even on the Andy Griffith show, the men will stand. Or she walks to a door, they'll open the door. They'll say, yeah, but they made jokes about women. Well, they made joke. They continue to make jokes about men. And I certainly would not be advocating for the mistreatment of women verbally in any way. However, we understood this in society. That men have certain sins and women have certain sins. Now, Facebook is like catnip to a woman who struggles with gossip. <laughs> All day long. Do you know who? Do you know who? Do you know who? Or... You know that cat meme where the cat's like, that's one of my favorite ones to send, you know? I promise I don't spend my time memeing all the time. It's just, there's some funny stuff out there. 
So, Facebook is this temptation for, for older, older women. And you've got to watch it. Godly older women know how, know how to shut down slander, not contribute to it. They know how to shut down gossip when others are gossiping. They know how to get it to stop when others are wanting them to spill the beans. Godly older women say some weird things sometimes. Because there's going to be a group of women gossiping or slandering. And they're going to say, you need to stop that right now and you need to go talk to that person or shut up. Because this is not becoming of a Christian. Godly older women say things like that. They make things awkward. They're not scared to say, stop, bring it before the Lord, or go talk to that person. Godly older women, instead of slandering, they talk to people, not about people. They've not taken a master class of avoidance because they're not scared to talk to people. A godly older woman is not a fearful woman. She's a woman who will address the situation rather than just talk about that person on the internet. But many godly older women are like teenage girls. They really are. You can't differentiate the behavior of a 70-year-old ungodly woman and a 16-year-old ungodly teenager. It's similar behavior. And so I think all the godly older women, women who want to be godly, want to grow in Christ-likeness. They want to grow in to what God has for them, they draw a line in the sand and say, okay, I'm not going to do that. And it starts today. It starts by stopping the slander, stopping the gossip, not entertaining it, not enjoying it, not avoiding. And if you are an avoider, I'll just say this. The enemy loves to convince the people of God that avoiding situations that are full of conflict, that avoidance is the way to keep peace, and you will destroy people's lives if you are unwilling to confront sin or bad behavior. You will not bring peace at all. You never will. Peace never comes by way of avoidance. This is so true in marriage where you just want to keep the peace, 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 keep the peace. Keep the peace. And you find that there's never peace because you don't address the situations that need to be addressed. So not here, not in this body. The women here are not going to become old, terrible women. They're going to say, no, I'm going to be a godly older woman. I'm going to be who God has called me to be. The third characteristic of a godly older woman is a woman who is not a slave to wine. They are not slanders or slaves to much wine. Because Christians were always known as liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons, there was a culture in the air. It was just what you pick up living on the island of Crete. Of Crete. The culture is that of being lazy, being an evil beast. <laughs> what a culture. Everybody here is just evil beasts. They're all ripping people off. They're all doing awful things. And they're all liars. That's the culture. That's normal. They grew up in that, on that island. They wouldn't have been leaving that island. The average Cretan would have stayed on Crete the entirety of their lives, never traveling more than 60 miles, just staying in these little villages. Vacation for them was, I'm going to go a mile and a half that way. And so the culture, the air they breathed was one of, of debauchery, of evil, of slander, gossip, lies, and excess. If they couldn't control their food, most likely this warning has been given to these older women because there was a group of older women who couldn't control their alcohol intake. And one glass of wine turned into two glasses of wine, turned into three glasses of wine, turned into four, five, six. And because these Cretans were that way, there was this culture, and godly older women 
have to learn to not be controlled by the culture. They have to learn not to just get in line with the Cretans because this is what Cretans do. This is what my mom did. This is what my grandma did. This is what my great-grandma did. This is what everybody does. If everybody does it, isn't it okay? But here's the problem. What feels normal to a Cretan and what feels normal to American living in 2021 is often just very, very evil and against what God would have us think and believe. It's against God's normal. It's against the scriptures. And so we say, well, and here's the thing, from society to society, really, the apologetic for why we do what we do and why we think what we think really is because everybody is that way. It's just normal. Everybody thinks this way. Everybody does this. Everybody acts like this. Everybody lives like this. And the scriptures come and it like gets inserted into that normal and then you read it and you're like, wait a minute, that, this is not normal. Actually, this is, this is really wrong. It's evil and it's inexcusable. We can't live like this anymore. And these ladies dealing with the issue of overconsumption of alcohol had to get it under control. And so if you're going to be a godly older woman, instead of getting in line with the Christian way, you're going to live differently. You're going to stand out because as everybody else is living in excess, you know how to live in moderation. You don't live the way they live. Godly older women are not controlled by alcohol. They are not owned by the culture. They know how to use potentially dangerous things in the proper manner. And alcohol, you see it all over the place, it's a popular escape from the difficulties and challenges of life for ladies. But first, wine. And I've got to get a glass of wine every single night so I can just wind down. Wine has been a challenge for ladies for a very long time, or the excess use of it. Alcohol in general, you gotta be careful with anything in life. Um, food, alcohol, sex, these are all good things that have to be used in the right way. Because if you use any of those things in the wrong way, you can again cause a lot of damage. A godly older woman knows how to handle potentially dangerous things in the right manner, alcohol included. Godly older women, they face life and enjoy it. They don't need to escape from it. So alcohol isn't this self-medicating thing that gets me to escape from what's in front of me. Godly older women face life, they joy, enjoy it, and when they bump into a challenge, they don't run from it, they run right into it. They're like Sarah, this is where we're going to end today. They don't fear anything that's frightening. And so they run into the difficulty, not away from it. They don't have to self Medicate. Now, we have to think, if there were certain cultural sins in Crete, what are some of the cultural sins that ladies today, older women in particular, get sucked into and they have to look out for? Cultural sins of today are things like living for yourself. You know, the older you get, the word sacrifice can become something that you want everybody else to do for you where I've sacrificed for so long, now it's retirement, now it's vacation, now it's what I want when I want it. And sacrifice gets thrown out the window. And if you're not careful, a life of retirement can become a life of entitlement. And you don't even, it just sneaks up on you. You're just mad all the time. You're always frustrated because nobody's doing enough for you 
And it just becomes this cycle that you get in of bitterness. I think a lot of older ladies get bitter because they've, they've, they've stopped sacrificing the older they get. The lie of the world today is sacrifice equals death and sorrow. But the Scriptures teach us something totally different. That if you want to live life in this world, if you want to enjoy life, it comes through death. It comes through dying to yourself. It comes through self-sacrifice. So you have to learn to sacrifice. Give your life up for the sake of others. And you find that joy is there. And this is for everybody. It's not just for older women. It's for everybody. Don't live for yourself. Live for the glory of God and the good of others. Um, the older you get, it's easy to become a husband basher. I mean, you've lived with him for 30 years now, 40 years, 50 years, right? And he's still doing some of those same old things. And husbands, we've got to learn. I'm speaking to myself here. We've got to learn to not continue to make the same mistakes. It's hard. It's difficult. It's difficult to grow um, with sinful habits. Habits. Jordan's like, amen. But the older you get, I mean, like we talked about last week, you can get set in concrete. And an older woman who's been walking in a selfless manner for years and at some point decades, unless there's a supernatural work from God, she's, gonna, she's just going to stay bitter and angry until she dies. So ladies, you've got to nip this in the bud right now. Don't start bashing your husband. Don't start dreaming about another life that you wished you would have. Don't buy the lie that it's wrong to grow old, or that somehow your purpose was back there but no longer up here. That, that permeates our ideas so much that my life and my value in life, what I contribute to the world, was back there, but it's not up that way. Whereas ladies, the older you get, you have to keep this in mind, that God is using you to you'll take your last, take, take your last breath. He will continue to use you. God is not done with you yet. Uh, the lies of discontentment can get in there, lodged in your head and heart. Did you know at, at this point, 70% of all divorces are initiated by women? 70%, and that's growing. The idea is if you're not happy, just get a divorce. The air we breathe is trusting pop psychology more than trusting the Word of God. Rarely problems when you get into bad older men or bad older women. Rarely are problems ever the part of the older woman's like sin and heart. It's always somebody else's fault. A bad or ungodly older woman will not take responsibility for her own sin. Godly older women, older women, on the other hand, reject that kind of stuff, and they embrace what God has for her. Fourth characteristics, characteristic of a godly older woman, a godly older woman is to teach. She is to be a teacher. Every single godly older woman is a teacher, either a good teacher or, by way of absence, a bad teacher. By way of neglect of duty, a bad teacher. But every older woman is a teacher. 
Why? Because in the last part of verse 3, we hear this. They are to teach what is good. They are to teach what is good. They are to be teachers. Older women are teachers. There's not a single older woman in this room. And women, as you get older, you have to keep in mind the lessons that you're learning today. Through the difficulties, through the challenges, are going to be passed on to the ladies of generations tomorrow. To your daughters, to your nieces, to those that are in the church. You are a teacher. And you need to be accumulating these lessons that you can pass on from one generation to the next. Your challenges, your difficulties as women are not wasted. They are to be collected and gathered and remembered and written down and taught from one generation to the next. Every single older woman is a teacher. Teaching is inevitable. It's inevitable. You're going to be the good or bad teacher. Don't neglect your duties that are given to you by God. They are crucial for the people of God to go forward in a healthy manner. Ladies, you're teaching younger women that joy, joy comes through sacrifice. You've learned your lessons. You're not that selfish older woman. You're learning that joy comes by sacrifice. You've collected all these teaching, all these lessons that you're now passing on. Old women have walked with the Lord for years. They've seen His faithfulness. And just like the counterpart older men, they're able to say with David, I've been young and I've been old, and I have never seen the righteous forsaken. As God is faithful to feed the birds, He has been faithful to feed me. As God has been faithful to clothe the lilies of the field, God has been faithful to clothe me. I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I have asked and I have sought and I have found. God is good to His children. He has taken care of me. Godly older women are the ones who teach the girls within the church to become women. That's what the church is. It's a training factory for young girls to become godly women. It's a training factory for middle-aged women to become godly older women. Mothers teaching daughters. Older women teaching younger women. Older women have walked with the Lord. They faced those mountains and valleys, joys and sorrows, victories and defeat, and they've come out the other side. They've learned to read God's Word and then read God's Word some more, memorize it, quote it, say it, speak it, talk about it, and then do it again. They've got wrinkled hands, but they've got vibrant hearts. They know how to wring the neck of a chicken. They know how to can peaches. They know how to be women, and they know that they're not a man. You read books like Let Me Be a Woman, written by the older Elizabeth Elliot, or Radiant, written by Nancy Wilson. And you see that these women have embraced their femininity. They have, they've embraced the glory of what it is to be a woman. Now we're at the place in Clown World that you can't even say that women have babies. We have stripped the very glory of what it means to be a woman. You have the ability to do this. If God would bless you with that, you have the ability to live as a woman, even if you're never a mother. And what the world says is, don't do that. Live like men. You can be and do all that a man is. You're a woman. Well, how about focusing in on what you are and who you are as a woman. 
rather than trying to be men. You've got to say birthing people now. The CDC says birthing people. Again, godly older women, you know, I can see Elizabeth Elliott if she was still alive, hearing the CDC say birthing women. I mean, imagine what the ladies in here that know Elizabeth Elliott, what would Elizabeth Elliott do to that? You know what I mean? I mean, the mockery, it would be so fun to hear a response. Godly older women take their orders from Jesus. And whatever the commandments in God's word, whatever they are, instead of saying like, oh, that's offensive. They say, okay, cool. That's what I'm going to do. Whatever God has for me. But how many women, I kid you not, just hear God's word and they're like, oh, I just do not like that. That does not fulfill me. I do not want to respect him. I don't, I don't like being at home. Like, so, obey the Lord. Godly older women do this, and they train younger women to do this. What are they to teach? Very specifically, we're told what they're to teach. They're to teach what is good. Teach what is good. And uh, it's a good thing for you to be able to, the older you get, ladies, your emotions are different than men's. Like, newsflash, ladies deal with emotions more than men. And a part of that is built into your physiology. You know, you have this thing called a period once a month, and you have emotions, and then you have hormones that, that go up and down depending upon the cycles in your body. And men don't, we're like, seriously, you're making me awkward right now. Like, Jared, stop talking about this. <laughs> Ladies, you're like, yeah, you get it. Your emotions are high and low. And an older woman, instead of being controlled by that, the older she gets, she's to learn to control that. She's, she's to learn, and it's difficult. I realize that. And older men have things that they've got to deal with as well. But a godly older woman, as she's teaching what is good, she's able to say like what Rachel Jankovic says. They, they've learned to look at their feelings and their emotions and tell them, shut up and follow King Jesus. To not listen to that. They're to teach what is good. Teach what is honorable. Listen to this. In 1945, after the Soviet Union had occupied Romania with one million troops... The Congress of Cults, this assembly, featured a live broadcast of speeches by various Christian leaders extolling the virtues of atheistic communism to a whole nation. We're not far from that in our day. Gospel Coalition's already on the track. Russ Moore's doing the bidding of the state already. And there's a lot of big, evangel big EVA's leadership doing the exact same thing. These Christian leaders, oh, the communism, atheistic communism's good. Christian leaders are for this. Romans 13. Richard Wormbrand and his wife Sabina, who were Jewish converts to Christ, were among the 4,000 delegates in attendance. They sat horrified as they watched one professing leader after another deny Christ by swearing allegiance to the murderous communist regime. <clears throat> Sabina heartbroken over the blasphemous betrayal of so many professing, professing Christian leaders, looked at her husband and said, will you not wipe the spit from, from the face of Christ? Richard re responded by saying, if I do, you'll lose your husband. And Jordan was telling me about this. She's, <laughs> and I read it. It was just so good. 
Sabina replied, I would rather be married to a dead man than a coward. Such convicting words by the pastor's wife inspired Richard Wormbrand to take to risk his life. He stood up and gave a stirring speech declaring the duty of Christians is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ alone and not the state. Every man wants a woman like that. Ladies, you want to be like this woman. No, do what God's called you to do, even if it means death. I'd rather be married to a dead man than a coward. Gosh. Ladies, doesn't that, it's like, ooh, I would think, if I was a lady, I would think, oh, man, that's good. (laughs) Listen to what women are to teach. What is the good? These things are good. Teaching things are good. They're to train young women in the good things. And it presupposes (laughs) that godly older women have lived these things out already, that they have learned their lessons, that they're now able to teach what God would have them teach. They're to train the younger women in these things. And make sure, as you teach them these things, older women, that these things belong to you as well. And we'll get into this more next week. The good stuff. What is the good stuff? The older women are to teach the younger women. And we get one example. We're going to start or finish in verse 4 this week and start in verse 4 next week. So train the young women to love their husbands and children. Love their husbands and children. Now, that might seem a little strange, right? Isn't it natural for women to love their children and to love their husbands? Isn't how marriage is supposed to work? You get married and then it's just love all the time for the rest of your life. Where every day, it's just kisses and hugs and cuddles and pumpkin spice and movies and fires. And that's how marriage is supposed to work, right? You don't argue. You don't fight ever. You skip, really. You skip every day and you're just smiling at each other. And the marriage bed is blessed every single day. And you get married and you realize, like, wait a minute. This is kind of difficult. (laughs) Marriage is awesome. But they're to teach what is good. And they're to teach the women, the younger women, to love their husbands and children. Since the Garden of Eden, women have been lied to. And you get these multiple iterations of these lies from generation to generation. As Eve was convinced that independence from God's commandments is a good thing. And women still are getting deceived like that today. Women continue to buy that lie. I can make myself happier than God can make me. If I just do things my way and find my way, then I'll finally have the joy that just evades me. God is holding back on me from my full potential. Maybe everybody else is right. Maybe Ruth Bader Ginsburg was right. And I'm just being held back by God and Christians and by the patriarchy. Maybe I'm being held back by God himself. And ladies, keep taking the fruit. There's just new lies that are just recycled. And they eat the fruit. I know best. In a day that we celebrate the fact that women know best. Yeah, girl, you go get it. Older women are to teach the younger women. Consider once again the insanity of feminism. Feminists are okay with women submitting to anybody but her husband. There's only one CEO, and sometimes the lady is the CEO, but the the CEO still has to submit to shareholders, to a board. If there's a boss, the work, the lady can go, as my my buddy Scott Tungay says, the, the ladies can go, and they can be a boss babe, and it's celebrated by everybody. Go be the secretary, go be the powerful, you know, CFO, or this or that. Feminists are okay with women submitting out anywhere but the home. 
Just don't submit to your husband. Submit to anybody but him. So many women have bought the lie that significance is out there. They have to continually, even godly older women as they train younger women, have to continually remind themselves, this is meaningful, this is purposeful, this matters, because the pull inside is everything that is important. If I'm going to make a splash, if my life has any meaning, it's outside of the home. And as we'll see next week, there isn't anything wrong with working outside of the home if it's secondary. If working from home is your primary. But the lie is, if you want to do something that matters, you've got to get outside of your home. Loving your husband and children, it's too small of a vision for modern women. And here's what the godly older women do when they hear things like that. They roll their eyes and they say, Honey, that's silly. That's that's lies. That's the lies of the enemy. That's Satan holding out fruit. Don't buy it. Yeah, but everyone's doing it. That's the message of everybody. Don't bite the fruit. Older women, teach the younger women. Love your husband and your children. But too many women are concerned with other things. They're just concerned with other things than to teach and train younger women. Here's what Elizabeth Elliot said in a funny little joke. In the dim and distant past, when life's tempo wasn't so fast, Grandma used to rock and knit and crochet, tat and babysit. Grandma now is at the gym, exercising to keep slim. Now she's golfing with a bunch, taking clients out to lunch. She's going north to ski and twirl, and all her days are in a whirl. Nothing seems to stop or block her now that Grandma is off her rocker. See, the interesting thing about both of this is, both these things is that both of them had more to do that they weren't doing. It's a great thing to knit, but it's not a great thing to knit at the expense, expense of training younger women. It's not necessarily a bad thing to ski or go to the gym. But the older you get, again, these are two examples. You, you can, can be consumed with your hobbies and not do the very thing that God told you to do and sacrifice some of the joy that's there in this life for you because you refuse to obey. And older women, if you refuse to teach the younger women and train them to do these things, you're walking in disobedience. It's just flat-out rebellion to God. You're teaching younger women bad things, not good things. But you're to teach what is good. Older women are given this unique task of discipling younger women. Men disciple men, women disciple women. In other words, it's the guys that I'm going to be discipling, the guys in this church disciple guys, I'm not having women over to my house to talk about their life and to go fishing with me. That would be weird, right? Like texting your wives, like, hey, you want to go fishing and talk about life? Men disciple men. Women disciple women. And so if the older women don't model this for the younger women, it leaves this void for younger women just to have to learn the ways of being a younger woman and older woman without being taught. Older women play a significant role and a multi-generational role because as you grow older and pass on life's lessons to younger women, it doesn't even matter if you have grandchildren or children. As you learn the lessons you've learned and train the younger woman, what women about, about being a woman, you're having multi, multi-generational impact. 
But to neglect it leaves this void, and tragically, in large part, these things have been neglected for generations. Today, women want to work, but they want to work for anybody but their family. Again, this is the sinister plot that's out there. Working for anyone but your family is valuable. Working for your family is invaluable. It's just not, it's not valuable. And so older women have to teach them. Uh, you know what this is like because if you do stay home and if you're primarily a homemaker and you tell people that, they're like, oh yeah, I could never do that. I just couldn't waste my life away like you do. You know, I just, that would drive me nuts. Like, oh, well, thanks for the kind words. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm pretty happy. I mean, yeah, it's difficult. And to do it right, it's very difficult. So goes the lie. So older women are to teach the younger women the glory of building a culture in the home. Even if you never have kids, you can in- impact the world through being an amazing helpmate and training younger women in godliness. This passage is for all older women. For younger women, this is what you're to grow up into. I love the example of Sarah that we get in 1 Peter. In fact, if you want to turn there, it's 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And here's what it says. This is what God is building here, and I hope this is what God builds here for generations. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves. Now, imagine reading this verse. We talked about this last Mother's Day. But imagine reading this verse, and like if you took a poll on all the women in the world as they heard this, especially those in America in 2021, what would they think? And this is what we're holding up as an example, Sarah. For this is how the holy women of old, women who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves. By submitting to their husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. How about that? This is where if you want to like get, it's it's like putting duct tape on a hairy leg and ripping it off. The reaction that you would get, like... (gasps) You hear that Sarah is held up as this example. She obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. She submitted to her husband. She had, this is how she adorned herself. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is Stepford. This is weird. This is evil. But listen to this. You're Sarah's daughters, ladies. The ladies of this church that God is gathering, you're, you're daughters of Sarah. And you want to raise daughters of Sarah. Because daughters of Sarah are awesome women. Look at verse 6, the second part. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Now, Sarah made some big mistakes. Remember Sarah, Abraham conversation? Hey, honey, how about Hagar? Big mistakes. At once she laughed at the promises of God. Hey, God said we're going to have a child. (laughs) Really? She laughed at the promises of God. But she adorned herself in the right way. She adorned herself internally. 
Her adornment was seen. She was certainly beautiful on the outside. Even as an older woman into her 70s and 80s, Abraham was concerned, we're going to go into this land and they're going to recognize the beauty of my wife and they're going to call out for her and they're going to want to marry her and take her. She was that beautiful externally that they were concerned, that he was concerned that his 70-something-year-old wife is going to be taken from him because of her beauty. But she did not, even though she had that beauty, which is an overflow from what was internal, she adorned herself internally. She was a godly woman. And she didn't fear anything that was frightening. Now, ladies, there's hope here because there were times that Sarah did fear some things that were frightening. But what's over her life is these words. She didn't fear anything that was frightening. And even if you have dealt with fear, even if you've looked at these commandments that we've looked at today and thought, man, this is difficult. This is a long road ahead of me. Keep in mind, number one, we look to Christ, all of us. That's the universal commandment, all of us. To both for men, women, no matter what your age, if you're in Christ Jesus, you don't first look at the commandments and think, i got to get to work. You first remember Calvary, Look there, remember what Christ has done for you. Then you look at the commandments and you realize, okay, I'm not doing these things. I'm not becoming this woman. I'm not walking in the ways of Sarah so that God would be happy with me. That's a burden too much to bear. I'm going to live this out and become this woman and walk this road. And I'm going to experience those mountains and valleys. And I'm going to adorn myself internally. And I'm going to train the younger women to love their husbands and children. I'm going to do what God has called me to do because He has loved me and saved me. Because I'm His daughter. I am His. I belong to Him. He has purchased me. I know His love. I know He's not holding back on me. I, I have not bought the lie. No more what Eve bought. I'm not taking that fruit. I know what Christ has done for me. Therefore, I'm going to walk this road. I'm not going to be an old battle axe. I'm going to be a woman who hears, train the younger women. And now I'm in 1 Peter and can't find train the younger women. Train, teach what is good. Train the younger women to love their husbands and children. Okay, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to be addicted to too much wine. I'm not going to be a slanderer. I'm going to live reverently. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. So look to Christ and then be daughters of Sarah. Don't be afraid of anything that's frightening. Certainly don't be afraid of the commands of God. Adorn yourself internally first. That comes out externally. An ugly, mean, bitter woman, that's a window into her heart. A pretty, jovial, joyful, look, this is the day the Lord has made, excited woman, that's a window into her heart. Adorn yourself internally. Fear nothing that is frightening. Not even growing older. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slave to too much wine. They're to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. Let's pray.